I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Michele Arnese. He is the global CEO and founder of AMP. AMP focuses on sound branding. And so on the show today, Michele and I unpack what is sound? Why is sound so important for brands? How do you define sonic branding? And how should we be thinking about it? A wonderful example he uses from James Bond. And then we talk about two case studies, one MasterCard, which we've actually had Raja Rajmanar on to talk about in the past, and another Mercedes Benz. And I think through these examples, you'll hear why all brands should be really thinking about Sonic as an element of their distinctive asset portfolio and much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Michele Arnese. Michele, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alan. Nice to be here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hear that you've got this this little catchphrase about yourself. You were born in Italy and assembled in Germany. Tell me more about what that means. 
<laughs> yes, actually, I'm, I'm born and designed in Italy and assembled in Germany. I am Italian in my DNA, basically. So I'm, I'm you know, passionate about food design and music, of course, when, uh, because I just went back to, to Germany from my holiday. When I drive long distances, like the last two days with a car, like more than 1,400 kilometers in that case, for example, I choose my routes and my stops depending on the restaurants I want to visit along the way. So I'm really uh, truly Italian. Moving to Germany and then uh, working as a management consultant in different European countries made basically my European mindset. So I'm a truly European. I'm a nomad around Europe. And uh, that's why I assembled in Germany. This, this is when I moved after the university from Italy to, to Germany to start working, basically. Well, so from your, you know, being born in Italy, assembled in Germany and, and Europeanized, if you will, um, what was the path to founding AMP? AMP, the path is interesting because I didn't move to Germany and founded AMP. Suddenly, I I just uh, started working as a management consultant for European companies and uh, for, for also global clients as well. But I also studied music in, uh, in my life uh, previously. So the path to AMP was basically the fact that after 10 years of being management consultant, having my teams and moving around these companies, I was a little bit tired about, you know, just consulting the companies and I was losing the contact to music, which which is my great passion. I was playing in bands uh, earlier. I was uh, I went to the conservatory. I was so curious. I started play piano, guitar, clarinet, everything, right? So and I was losing that because of the time effort and uh, I had to put in my job. And then uh, there was like a way that I had to decide, okay, what's next now? So I will be the, I will do my career in management consultancy or what I can do at that time was uh, 2009. Sonic branding was a pretty new topic. And uh, I decided with my partner at that time to start this journey because I thought, well, this is interesting because I, I could be the consultant, but apply to my passion. So basically like the, the left brain and the right brain together, working together. So uh, this is the, like the, the, the path to found AMP. And then my goal was to have a company that talks music from the early morning to the late evening. And this is like what AMP does uh, across the continents now. So we are a really cultural a diverse team of 50 people speaking more than 20 languages. And uh, this is, you know, the thread that is our common thread is basically the music. So this is a dream that just came true. But uh, the beginning was just, you know, the question, what's next? How can I get the music back into my life? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I, we were talking earlier and I would hate to be the person responsible for picking music for any party that your group throws. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that yeah. would be a really tough job. Yes, it's, uh, uh, you know, we, we solve it in the dem democratic way. So we have like 10 slots and everybody can book the different slots to decide which music has to be played. Otherwise, as you said, it's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, sonic branding is something that we've only kind of like touched the edges on on the show. So I'm really happy to, that you're here because we can unpack it a little bit more. And just like the start at the top, like wh why do brands need sound? 
Well, it's interesting because when we started this, our first presentations in 2009, 2010, at that time, when we presented the, the importance of sound, everybody was, yes, of course. So it was like uh, in Italy, we say discovering the hot water, basically. So this, it's, it was so obvious. But um, if you now, like in 2022, right? If you go now back and see why brands need sound, of course, because they are in a digital transformation, right? So relying only on visuals at this time is like, if I can take the metaphor from uh, Henry Ford, it's like building now highways, but still riding horses, right? On the highways. So we have brands in the digital transformations. We have brands expanding the communication touch points with consumers, be to B and B2C, of course. So just sound is so important because relying on sound establishes trust and connects with consumers in all these uh, screenless ecosystems. And even in the systems that rely on, on visual, having the sound on top that is reconductable to a brand gives uh, the brand a, a gear more, right? Because uh, it's it's uh, very cluttered. Otherwise, the, the visual-only communication. You have to think, Alan, that uh, it, it sounds now a little bit uh, scientific, but uh, uh, you hear anywhere from 20 to 100 times faster than you see. This is incredible. The, the um, neuroscientist uh, Seth Orovitz said that uh, everything that you perceive with, it, with, with your ears is coloring every other perception you have because it comes before everything else. So sound can shape basically and modify all other inputs a person has. So if brands can, can use this in a way that create, uh, creates at the same time trust, but at the same time uh, coherent with a certain situation, then of course you have the perfect communication because you expand it. And also with sound, you transport, the sound happens in the subconscious, right? So with, in the subconscious, you transport millions of bits per second of information while uh, compared to uh, words uh, read, you can just read three to four words per second. So you can transport a huge amount of data. So brands communicate with people. So sound should be considered as a priority in everything brands uh, put out there. And in terms of identity and also in terms of executions for the entire ecosystem. I think, you know, as you talk about this, I mean, sound, when most people, I think, my age or older, think of sound with relation to brands, they think of jingles, right? And those worked so well in the early days of advertising and marketing and communications. And somehow or another, we got completely devoid of, devoid of sound <laughs> and jingles. It went straight to imagery, it feels like. And now we're coming back. Do you have a sense of like, why did we go away from sound? And like, why is it resurging? I mean, you mentioned the digital transformation, which I think is perfect. Yes, exactly. And it's a good point. And I know you are a fan of jingles. And for me, jingles are not evil, right? So if you take nationwide, 92% of Americans, they, they recognize nationwide still now. And it's pretty, pretty old. So the thing is not that jingles are wrong. Uh, the thing is that we have many many ways now to communicate and jingles they work in a certain context but they don't work anymore in another context i can imagine a jingle in the metaverse from nationwide why not but the the, the thing is in the right situation if you have uh, a digital product for example take an app 
or just a physical product like a car, a jingle cannot work in that way. You need to have something more flexible than a jingle. So the idea, and we have also some examples in, in Germany as well, Haribo, it's a very old jingle, very known in the entire Europe, like for, for, for more than, than uh, five decades. But this is now today just one element that brands can use for the audible communication. And this cannot be a standalone uh, thing, right? That, that's the, the point. But I love jingles as well because they trigger the memories. And this is the, you know, a very important part of the brand communication is to trigger memories. The other part is to trigger thoughts. And you do it when you put the things in the right context. No, it makes perfect sense. And one of the people uh, who you've probably heard of has been on the show and we've talked about the need for distinctive assets is Byron Sharp, obviously the Australian guy that wrote uh, How Brands Grow book um, and has his, his institute. Um, and they talk about those distinctive assets and to your point, um, refreshing and building new memory structures, if you will. And, and we've already talked about sound and how rich it can be. And it's not, sonic branding is not a jingle. <laughs> so let's talk about what sonic branding is. Can you unpack, can you help us dimensionalize it, if that makes sense? This is a good point. When I started with AMP, everybody was, ah, you do sonic branding. So you do sonic logos. I said, mm, also. <laughs> so sonic branding is basically the way to create an audible identity for a brand that can be heard and perceived and memorized at different touch points of the brand. We say that uh, sonic branding today is more than just a sonic logo or a small melody, a short melody. And uh, uh, some years ago, when we started the next milestone of sonic branding within AMP, creating the concept of a sonic DNA, which has been patented by us as well, by the way. So we, we thought at uh, one example that was the inspiration for the sonic DNA was James Bond. So James Bond, and um, I'm jealous, this is not from us, the, this sonic identity, but this is really incredible because you see that it leaves and breath since more than 60 years and this is still recognizable and it does this melody and, and this sonic identity does a miracle. Basically, it transforms over time, adapting to the zeitgeist, adapting to different interprets and different situations. And, 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 you know, and this is exactly what sonic branding should do. Keep the, the recognition, the memorability and move around with the brand in the zeitgeist in different cultures. And uh, the secret is that James Bond, the music of James Bond doesn't rely only on one single melody. It's a combination of ingredients Talking about food, right? Because I'm a, really a food freak. So if you say I cook Italian, I can cook probably 2000 different dishes, but using only four ingredients. And you will tell at the end, right? That this taste is Italian, but it's different from other things. The same is James Bond. You have a main melody, ba 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 ba. You have a chord progression like the ba 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 that suggests, of course, it's James Bond with with closed eyes. And then you have the riff, bam ba bam 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 bam. So you have ingredients, and each single execution, you can decide which ingredients I take. And just to make an example, Adele in Skyfall, she never used the melody of James Bond, just the chords. But you close your eyes and you listen to Skyfall, you say, oh, 
that James Bond, oh, is sung by Adele. <laughs> so, and this is exactly what sonic branding is, should be, right? So the, the opportunity to feature a brand in different contexts, different cultures, different situations, and recognize the brand with closed eyes, but always adapted to the single situation, the single context. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Text. I love that example because to your point, depending on which piece you're using at any moment during the movie, you can convey an entirely different feeling, but it's still James Bond at the end of the day. Exactly. Different emotions, right? You get from, from of course, the love moment to the action and, uh, you know, the hero is uh, uh, in trouble and the hero is uh, celebrating. So, and everything works with the same melodic core basically. And uh, why it should not work for brands? Yeah, I agree. Well, I'd love to hear you talk about a few examples. Another guest we've had on the show is Roger Rajmanar from MasterCard. And he kind of talked a little bit about their Sonic brand, which I know Amp had a role in helping to bring to life. What should we know about the MasterCard Sonic brand? Well, Raja talked uh, about uh, the, the bigger uh, context, right? So putting Sonic branding in the context of a multi-sensory marketing strategy that, that positions MasterCard really ahead of a lot of brands uh, currently in the world. The Sonic work is a special passion point, uh, of course, uh, his passion point. And we work together since many years already on uh, the on the on MasterCard's Sonic identity. What we did, we created exactly that. So the Sonic DNA of MasterCard gives MasterCard the flexibility to take the Sonic core of the brand and expand it to very different touch points. When we launched the Sonic DNA was Cannes Lions 2019 with Lang Lang on, on the stage uh, performing that, that piece of music, which is basically only a container, like the James Bond example, of all these elements, right? And the journey just began. The payment sound has been expanded to more than 200 million points of sale now. And also the usage of the Sonic DNA has been expanded to the entire MasterCard ecosystem. And after so many years, what uh, did it do? It basically created um, brand equity over time with different usages. In the last two years, three years, we created hundreds of different uh, music executions based on the Sonic DNA. And as you said before, it's based, based on different emotions, right? We could uh, feature 
the sound of MasterCard uh, with excitement for sports like the rugby, the Champions League, the Copa America, but then also for serious topics where, for example, the topic of uh, social responsibility was taking stage at MasterCard with the Global Inclusive Growth Summit from Aspen Institute, where MasterCard was a sponsor. Also there, the sonic identity has been crafted to uh, feature the brand in that special context. So the range of emotions is really, really wide after after so many years uh, working. We unified B2C and B2B communication also, which was a topic at MasterCard treated it sometimes in a different way. So Sonic united basically the B2B and B2C world of the brand, strengthening the brand itself. What we did also, we created experiences. If you remember, MasterCard opened at the MasterCard restaurant in New York City, was in the press, etc. And the sound in the restaurant was uh, also uh, created using the Sonic DNA. We created the sound for the sushi restaurant as well as uh, for the restaurant in Zanzibar. So very, very different cultural <laughs> adaptations, but with the same uh, with the same DNA for for the soundscapes for the food and also the flexibility. I think that the the, the secret of the MasterCard sound is really the flexibility. We could also flex the Sonic logo to a custom adaptation when uh, MasterCard did the Jennifer Hudson commercial supporting the black women, black woman owned businesses, if you remember. So the, the Sonic logo at the end was crafted with the same sound of the track that she sang during the commercial. So this uh, flexibility has been like the 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 driver for the last uh, for the last work we did until the very recent um, work we did for Mastercard creating the sound for the Mastercard Pride Plaza in the Central Land. So the first metaverse um, adaptation. If you went to uh, the Central Land in the and the Pride uh, Plaza, you could dance on the dance floor with the music created from the uh, Mastercard Sonic DNA. And uh, also the, the very latest collaboration with the band The Domino Saints for the Copa America and also for the Copa America Feminina this year, we uh, reached number one hit in a couple of countries in Latin America. I think the secret is that if you have a sonic DNA like MasterCard has, you can start creating pop culture instead of only consuming it. Yeah, no, it makes, it make, as you're describing those last number of experiences that they've created um, as a component of their DNA or, or using the components of their DNA, it makes sense. You, you, and frankly, for a, a brand like MasterCard, which is really woven through the fabric of everyone's day, daily life. I mean, how many times do you pull out your MasterCard to, <laughs> to use? It's amazing how many touch points they can now weave themselves into as a memory structure of the brand. Exactly. And and the more the more usages and touch points, the higher trust. So it, basically it's a business of trust. So if the, this usage with the music that you recognize also sometimes indirectly it creates trust and this has been measured as well. That makes sense. Well, I mean that's a fantastic example. Do you have another one? <laughs> <laughs> we can use just to, just to expand this a little bit. Yes, I mean, we have different, we work for different global brands. One other example I can mention is um, Mercedes-Benz. We are the, the agency of record for Sonic branding since 2018. 
And I think what, the, I mean, the, the idea behind is the same. So there is a sonic DNA of Mercedes-Benz as a car brand. The DNA has been used over the years for different executions. Maybe here it's very interesting to mention one aspect that each execution, and we are doing really also here hundreds of different executions for car models, for also for the virtual car presentations, right? People don't go live anymore to something, but there is like a huge multi, multi-dimensional virtual car presentation. So a, a really a show that happens virtually. So from very different adaptations, the, the common thread is that for Mercedes, because of the high level of authenticity of the brand itself, we collaborate with artists from all over the world. So every time you hear something from Mercedes that uses the sonic DNA of Mercedes-Benz, this is something that has not been just created in a studio from uh, like a, a, a typical music advertising production, but this is the product of a collaboration, of a co-creation uh, collaboration with an artist. And this is another point that makes the Mercedes-Benz case very special because it's about sharing the DNA, the sonic DNA with artists to let them create in their own style. So this is like the brand shares a part of itself and gets refurbished <laughs> through the style, through the, through the, the talent of artists that reinterpret the DNA for certain campaigns and executions. That's a, I love that example. And another way to refurbish or make your brand more contemporary as time goes on. No, it's a, it's a really good example. And working with artists, it sounds like, I mean, you're in the music sound business. Is that something that you guys do a lot? work with other artists around the world. Yes, we have a, a talent department at AMP. And uh, of course, we we scout and work with uh, with artists uh, everywhere. Also because our global clients, they need also very special styles and cultural adaptations. So we, we are a style travelers. <laughs> well, it helps that you have so many people that speak so many different languages too. I yes. Guess, in that regard. <laughs> well, um, we talked about sound and the, the artistry of it all. How do you think about using data and technology now to impact kind of the sonic branding creation process? We have to. Uh, so this is a good question because um, working with artists guarantees the authenticity of everything. But on the back end, there is a brand, there is a marketing department, there is a campaign management department, etc. So we need to work a lot with data. We have developed a software in the past, in the past three, four years that use uh, artificial intelligence and use machine learning to have re repeatable processes when it comes to evaluate the sound, right? So we can evaluate beforehand the level of recall we create with certain music. We can evaluate beforehand some brand attributes we want to, uh, or emotions we want to communicate. So decisions are taken with the help of data a lot. And uh, also we use artificial intelligence to uh, help also the workflow. So the media creation itself, we clone voices, uh, we use text-to-speech technologies and all th these kind of things. Of course, the creativity is not replaced by the uh, artificial intelligence, but the artificial intelligence is kind of the engine that transports the creativity to the next station, basically. And to be honest, music is terrible when it comes to approvals, right? So it depends 
on the person you have in front of you, I can uh, talk to Alan one hour and try to convince you that this song is great. You, if you don't like it, you will never like it. <laughs> this is something that doesn't change. And that's why we started very earlier working with partners also in uh, audio testing and all these kind of things to back up with data, everything we do. Right. Uh, that makes sense. It makes sense. Well, I know if people are listening to this, we're, we've unpacked a lot. But I know you you have a number of things that you put out into the world to help people understand, learn more about sonic branding, etc. I hear you have an index of the best audio brands, and you also have the world's first sonic branding magazine. Can you tell us a little bit more about what those efforts are about? Yes, I tell you very quickly. So the best audio brands is the, the standard for um, ranking sonic identities worldwide. We started four years ago. The first idea was let's take the interbrand most valuable brands, so the 100 brands, and let's flip the brands according to the way they use audio. And then we expanded last uh, in the last edition to 250 brands, and uh, we use different KPIs, also so working with partners, for example, measuring the uh, customer engagement on social media. So we have data, we have research, and we have a dedicated team working one year to bring out the, the best audio brands ranking every year. And uh, this has been recognized a lot in the sector, in the industry, because it's the first one of its, uh, its uh, genre, let's say. And then the Sonic Branding Magazine you're releasing periodically, kind of going deeper into specific sectors, right? Exactly, exactly. So basically Amplify is the name of the magazine. We take the data from best audio brands and we expand further on certain sectors. We talked about the sound on insurance, in insurance, the sound in uh, in the car industry. Now, the next one will be out in September talking about finance, fintech. So I think, and, and it's a deep dive because it's interesting. Although at AMP, we work, of course, across all sectors, you see that some sectors are using sound specifically because of their product, because of their history, right? So if you think that, uh, talking about jingles, of course, the CP CPG brands are the ones that created the jingles. But what about the finance brands, right? Right. So how do they use sound to establish uh, their topic, right, with consumers? It's interesting, this deep dive. And we bring it three to four times a year, the Amplify magazine with uh, these deep dives. It's been fun talking about this. One of the things we like to do is kind of switch gears and, and get to know you even a little bit more. And my Frankly, my most favorite question to ask is this one. Has there been an effort or experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? Yes. Sometimes I think, oh, I could have decided to work in sound or music before, but I didn't. And I think this is a good thing because at the end, the experience I, I had as a, as a consultant, right, talking to people, this experience gave me the capability to do something that maybe other competitors cannot do as good as we can attempt. So adapt our language to the people we are talking to. So if you describe, talk about music and you are a music expert, probably the other person on the other side, which is who is not a music expert, doesn't understand anything. So I think the capability to adapt the language to the other person, this is something that came from my uh, previous experience. So I think it was important to have that. I agree. I agree. What advice would you give your younger self if you're starting this journey all over again? <laughs> 
<laughs> Good question. Maybe the advice is uh, try to not to do many things at the same time. So try to think a little bit more about things because in 2009, I founded AMP. In 2008, my son was born. And then uh, I moved. So it was a lot of things. I think dedicating some more time to some tasks, I think sometimes is a good advantage. Sometimes you cannot, but this could be an advice I could give to my to myself. Yeah. Don't spread yourself too thin is what we would say. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Is there a topic you think marketers need to be learning more about or maybe something you're trying to learn more about yourself? Well, marketers, I think it's important to understand the power of owning something. So um, sound was always like an afterthought and was also functional to campaigns. But at the end, it, it doesn't create, if you not, don't own it, it doesn't create any equity for the brand. It creates equity in a certain way that you remember the campaigns, but sometimes you forget which brand is behind. So I think that I would give uh, the advice to try to own sound in the same way you own your visual logo, your visual identity, because it's part of your identity, of your brand identity. I love it. And on a personal note, are there brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think other people should take notice of? Yes, I, maybe. I think what, what I learned, and this is against my, my true self, so basically, but sometimes identity work takes time. So I, I would um, also tell brands, companies, you know, when they start investing into sound, in the creation of sound, consider that it takes time. This is a topic that needs dedication and needs really time and is not the breath of three months campaign, picking up, choosing the music for, for a campaign. This is something that stays for years. That's why taking into consideration, okay, this is a long process, but at the end, I'm flexible. I'm enabled to do whatever execution very quickly. But the first work, the identity work takes time. Yeah. And I can only imagine, to your point, it can stay with a brand for many, many years, that it also is a challenge to help clients see that it needs to take time. <laughs> and then, you know, using the data and the technology that you've got to help to make it a confident decision at the end of the day. I can see that as somebody that's been on the receiving side and somebody that's been on the, not on the sound side, but on the, uh, on, on just presenting recommendations, it can be a challenge. Yes. And I think to your point, Alan, the more examples we have, like MasterCard, Mercedes of global brands doing that, the better for the newcomers, right? Because you have some data that you can share. So it's an industry under development, but under a very, very fast development right now. Well, last question for you. What do you feel like is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? Let's say to rely on the expert. <laughs> so I think the opportunity is to work with experts in, in terms of sound. I'm talking about my topic, of course. So, uh, and uh, um, there is now the opportunity to rely on experts, work with experts. You don't need to, to go with someone who makes an improvisation because it's maybe an advertising agency. Yeah, we can also do sound. Of course, you have to do sound. But now we have a category, we have a sector, we have a know-how specifically for building sonic identities. So I think the opportunity is to work together with 
experts to shape the sound of a brand for the future and uh, to be brave and, and try to do something that uh, has not been done before. So a lot of times you create something new. So you have to be brave and rely on experts. <laughs> well, Michele, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and spending such a, a good amount of time with us talking about a very important topic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alan, for having me here. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with support from my team and podcast editors, sound engineers, and writers at Share Your Genius. Find them at shareyourgenius.com. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. You can contact me on marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you will also find complete show notes, links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. 